carry that one, where would I be? (laughs) This isn't part of my sermon. Don't hold this against me. Some of you, at some point, your parents might have finally admitted that you were an accident. (laughs) Well, there are no accidents. God made you before anyone thought about you. So your birth was not an accident. Where you were born is not who you were born to. None of that is an accident. And you can't go back and say, well, if I had been born to someone else, my life. No, your life is exactly where it should be right now. I don't believe there's a plan B. There's only God's plan. And sometimes you just have to hang around long enough to figure out his purpose for your life. Can I get an amen? Can I get a good or better amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. I said all that just to say that. Are you ready again for the word? Seems like I got, a, I got all these sermons before the sermon. I want to talk about the 10 test. And we've been talking about the three Hebrew children and Daniel in, in living in Babylon because we realize now that we're not living in Mayberry. We're living in Babylon. We're not living in a Christian society anymore, and we're starting to look different. <laughs> you know, that was a big thing. When I came into the church of God, it was very important that you looked a certain way so people thought you were different, especially you women. How many know you could spot a holiness woman? <laughs> Dress to hear, to hear. Hello? Bun on the head. You cannot cut your hair. One person asked an old prophet, he said, Well, what is it, you know, what is it, you know, what, what is it about? What, what do you mean I can't cut my hair? If you even Cut the split ends. You've cut it. Thank God for progress. I don't know if I could handle a bunch of ladies with all split. No wonder they put it in a bun just to hide the split ends. I just realized that now. Listen, back in the day, you could tell a holiness person by the way they dressed. I don't know if that's true anymore because people dress all kinds of ways. It's not about how you dress so much. Now, we should dress appropriately. Don't go walking around. Everyone's welcome in the house of the Lord, but please don't be a distraction. I want people focused on the word, not your lack of clothes. Moving on. Oh, I could tell you stories. No, no, no. That's how sermons get to be an hour when I don't. No, that rabbit's not right. No, no. We're not chasing that rabbit. That's, that rabbit's going down the wrong hole. <laughs> Let that one go. 
No, but, but, but I think we're standing out like never before because we act differently. And the world tries to paint us as angry people, but we're, that's not how. No, we stand out not because we're angry at the world. We should stand up because we love the world. We have a different standard, a different look, a different way. So when the three Hebrew children come into Babylon, they were tested. Because the goal is to make them Babylonian. And you need to understand the world is trying to shape you in its image. And it's constant and it's everywhere whether you realize it or not. You cannot watch television anymore without some kind of message being sent to you. I can give you examples. You know what I'm talking about. Every show, I don't even comedies, they've got to have their person and that mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. They're trying to send messages, advertisers, everybody is trying to send you that this is how you should act. And if you don't act this way, or if you say things that are not according to what they believe, we'll cancel you. Yeah. They've been trying to cancel the word of God for 2,000 years. They haven't been able to do it, and they'll never do it. Amen. His word is forever. (laughs) So the title of this message is the 10 test. The 10, the number 10. The 10 test. Because that number 10 is, is significant, and it has to do with testing, because there are 10 commandments. Mm hmm. Right? Tithing is 10%. Malachi says, test me now. 10 is the number of testing. They went to the upper room for how many days? Oh, Lord, one person knew this. We're Pentecostals. They were in the upper room for 10 days. How many believe that was a test? Believe me, if we kept all of you in here for 10 days, we'd either break out in revival or murder. I love y'all, but I don't want to live with you, right? There it is. 10 days they stayed there in the upper room. The letter to the church of Smyrna talks about 10 days of testing. We go on and on, but in 10 is the number of testing. 40 is the ultimate number of testing. 10 times 4, 4 is the number of the four corners of the earth. So 40 is a complete test. But 10 is the number of testing. Let's look at Daniel chapter 1. We'll read the scriptures there. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over, remember it's not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's Daniel not Belteshazzar, it's Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That's their real name. We don't call them that. We call them by their Babylonian name. Maybe we should change that. He said, please test your servants because they said, we want you to come into the king's court, but we want you to eat the king's food. 
We'll give you a job. We'll give you a place. We'll give you a position. But you need to act like us. You need to, when you get to the water cooler at the office, you need to tell, you need to share in the dirty jokes. After work, you need to go to the bar with the rest of the guys. You need to go play golf and make sure you bring a six-pack in the, in the little scooter thing, golf cart. But I don't play golf. <clears throat> golf is an annoyance from hell. Sorry. There's this pressure, right, to be like them. Uh -huh. So Daniel says, all right, test us. Test your servants for 10 days. And let them give us vegetables. Not all the king's food. How I many know the king ate like, well, he ate like a king? Anything he wanted, all the chocolates, all the bread. You know, most people, poor people at this time, if they got meat once a month, once a year, that was a treat. Now you go to McDonald's and get meat substitute anytime you want. <laughs> but it says, just, just feed us vegetables. We'll, we'll just eat that which comes from the ground. And, and, and we're not going to eat any of the sweets. And we're not going to drink any of the wine. We're not going to have any, any of, the, of the meat. Just give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. That's it. That's it. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them ten days. You know what the Lord told me about this? The world thinks they know the better way to do things. The world thinks this is how it should be done. The world has a plan. The world has a path. The world has a way of doing things. The world has a worldview. <laughs> They have a way of thinking, a way of doing. And they think that, that you will only prosper if you think like they think instead of thinking the way God thinks. Instead of living a moral Christian life. That the way to success is through a sinful life. And you need to eat at Jezebel's table instead of the table of the Lord. So he said, test me. I'm just going to eat from the body and the blood. And, and, and that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to trust God. They'll laugh at you. They'll poke fun at you. They'll talk about you behind your back. But 10 days later, they looked better than everyone at the king's table. Give God a praise right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it may, you may go through some trials, but you're going to come out better. You may have some testing, but you're going to, amen, you're going to have some pressure from people. But in the end, I believe we make out better when we trust the Lord instead of trusting Jezebel's table. Some of the delicacies of the world you really don't need or want. First Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 18, 
It says, therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and time again. And what? We wanted to come. It didn't fall. <laughs> Sensitive thing, I tell you. Sometimes Satan can hinder you. But Paul eventually got where Paul eventually needed to go. Sometimes you try and try to live right. You try and try to do what God wants you to do. But how many know Satan will hinder? That's his job. He didn't say Satan stopped him. <laughs> he said Satan hindered. In other words, we'll try again. We'll keep pushing. So you, some, listen, sometimes it's not just a little lay me down to sleep prayer. Sometimes you got to fight some devils. Sometimes you got to stay on your knees a little longer. Sometimes you need to pray a little fervently. You got to, oh my God, you got to fight a few battles. But if it's God's will, honey, you'll get where God wants you to be. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Didn't stop us. He blocked us. Let's look at the rest of the story in, in uh, verse 15, Daniel. And at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter. Back then, that was a good thing to be overweight because not many people were. If you, if you had a little meat on your bones, you were living uh, high on the hog, literally. Hello? So they're better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. My God, I want. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them their veggies. Mm -hmm. As for these four young men, God, say God, gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Mm -hmm. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all none was found like Daniel Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. <laughs> Even if you have to live in the world and serve someone who's not saved, God can give you the wisdom, the knowledge, and the skill to, be, to prosper and, and get ahead of all these other people that are eating at Jezebel's table. You know, if I don't act like them, I'll never get promoted. You may get hindered, but you'll never get stopped. My God, that's, you can go home right now, but don't. Are you still with me? Reward follows those who find and know their place in God. Created 
with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Isaiah chapter 30. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. We'll get through this. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 19. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. How many believe that? And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity. Did you know that doesn't always come from the devil? It's called a test. It's called a workout. Every time you have adversity, look at it as a spiritual workout. You're in God's gym. Can you all tell I've been working out? I think it dropped. The bread of adversity and the water of affliction. Yet, say yet. Your teachers from the Holy Ghost and anyone he wants to use, your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore. But your eyes shall see your teachers. I said, your eyes will see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Let's look at this in the message. It gives a little clear. It says, oh, whoa, oh, yes. People of Zion, citizens of Jerusalem, your time of tears is over. Cry for help, and you'll find it's grace and more grace. The moment he hears, he'll answer. Just as the master kept you alive during the hard times, he'll keep your teacher alive and present among you. Your teacher will be right there, local and on the job, urging you on whenever you wander to the left or right. Quote, this is the right road Walk down this road. You'll, you'll scrap your expensive and fashionable God images. You'll throw them in the trash as so much garbage saying good riddance. My Lord. You like that? Wow. Your t- God's, God says, I'll speak to you. I'm sending teachers to you. You'll hear a voice behind you that says, this way, this way. The world says that way. The Lord will show you this way. Oh, my God, praise God. I got to hurry up. Uh, Are you with me? What if I said it this way? Tests are really just stepping stones. When the enemy or or the Lord throws a test your way, just say, thank you. I needed that test. And God doesn't test you so that he knows, because he already knows. He doesn't send a test so he'll know. He said, well, God wanted to know if you can. No, God already knows if you can make it. He wouldn't send the test if he thought you couldn't make it. He's not going to allow a test that he knows you can't. He's not going to allow a test that you're not ready for. That, that'd be like a teacher saying, all right, get your, get your pencils out. I'm going to give you a test on next week's material. Well, you're going to flunk that. 
But how many know he can test you on last week's material? By the way, every test you get is an open book test. Isn't that cheating? No, it's called the Word of God. I don't think you heard it. I said every test is an open book test. Every once in a while I get a professor that would give me an open book test. I love that. Oh, yeah. It's here in the book. It's an open book test. They're just stepping stones. First Peter chapter 1, 6, 7. Let me just give you some word. In this you greatly rejoice. How many know what to be happy about? You want to be what? Huh? Huh? How many want to know what to be happy about? Here it is. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious to God, he knows what you're going through, and it's precious to him. He knows you're hurting. He's been there. That's why he came in the flesh. Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The test is not to punish you. The test is to refine you. To get the, all the stuff out. Gold isn't much worth anything if it's mixed up with all the junk. Are you still with me? Romans 5, verse 3. And not only that, but we also glory, not just joy, we glory in it. When you're going through a trial, you ought to act crazy. Not bad crazy, fun crazy. You ought to come in here and say, Woo! Going through a horrible trial. Glory to God, this is a big one. I've never faced anything like this in my life. And I love it. I love it for two reasons. I love it because God allowed it. I love it because, let's do three. I love it because God thought I can get through it. And I love it because I'm going to be higher when I get through it. I could, maybe if I stood here long enough, four or five reasons, who knows. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Whew. Some of you have character. Some of you are characters. All right. For Romans 12, 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Psalms 26.2. I'm actually almost done. Psalms 26.2. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart. I dare say I don't know that anyone in this church has ever prayed that. Have you? Try me, Lord. About all that. But David said, examine me, test me, prove me, try my mind and my heart. 
Why, why would David pray that? Because he's so hungry to get everything out of the way of getting closer to God. There's such a hunger in him that he says, expose me. Show me what's keeping me from you. Wow. And let's get that burned in the fire so I can draw. Oh, this kind of preaching you don't want to hear. Y'all became Presbyterian all of a sudden. Are we still Pentecostals? James chapter 1, verse 2, 3, 4. My brethren, count it all joy. Right? Have I proven it to anyone yet? When you fall into various trials. By the way, there's a difference between a trial and a temptation. God never tempts. The devil tempts. The Lord tests Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete. How many want to be lacking nothing? Wow. I saw three hands. Bless those hands. Hallelujah. It reminds me of David when they were at battle and they came home to their families at Ziglag. And every building was burned and every wife and every child was taken. They had lost literally everything. Come on, put yourself in his. And the people, instead of turning to the Lord, turned on David. Come on. Sometimes people will turn on you. Blame you. We've got a Jonah in the boat. Let's throw him overboard. Let's get rid of that Christian. He's causing all the trouble here. Come on. Even in the family, they talk about you. Well, you know, they're Jesus freaks. They're the trouble in the family. We'd get along fine if it weren't for Put your name there. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? My God. But David said something that you need to get a hold of. He prayed, but watch this. David had no one to encourage him. Have you ever been there? Maybe they're not against you, but they don't get it. They don't, understand, they don't understand what you're going through. They just look at you like, you just need to get over it. That's the best advice they can give you. Just get over it. Sometimes you can't get over it because you're under it. David had no one. It didn't say God that David looked for encouragement from the Lord. He said he encouraged himself. There was a time he didn't know how to do that, but now he knows how to do that. I'm talking to a church. Some of you don't know how to do that yet, but if you'll hang around a little bit long, you'll, you'll eventually get to the place where every time a 
test comes along or a temptation. And you keep falling and keep messing up. And you keep looking to everyone else to help you. At some point, you're going to learn the power of God in you. And you'll learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. You'll start talking to yourself. How many of you talk to yourself? That's fine until it answers back. Cart you away. But you need, you need that, that scripture that says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Sometimes you got to rebuke yourself. Sometimes you got to get self out of the way. Sometimes you have to tell yourself, you're going to pray a little longer. You're going to fast today. You're going to, you're going to, listen, you got, there is a place in God where you know how to encourage yourself in the Lord. You know how to draw from the wells of salvation. I'm losing my voice. My Lord, hallelujah. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Some of you only know how to respond. I mean, you, you only know how to react to things. You don't know how to be proactive. You're just reactive. And just whatever hits you just throws you for a loop. But you got to have patience. Let patience have its work. Wait on the Lord. Just wait on the Lord. You'll come to a place of completeness where you lack nothing and you can encourage. Does that help anybody? I told you last week, I'm beginning to wonder, am I really just preparing this church for the rapture? Is it really that close? It could be. It could be. It could be. It could. Mm, my God, hallelujah. You need to do some... Rapture practice. I don't feel like jumping. Stand to your feet. I'll make you jump. No, no, no. Come on, musicians. My Lord. I tell you, the Lord's in the house. light shine we really don't even have to light it we just have to let it burn you live within us oh god oh god how many know he's the fourth man in the fire 
I always thought it was interesting that three came out. Four were in the fire. Three came out. That means God's still in the fire. Still in your fire. He's there. Anyone today would say, Pastor, I'm just walking through such a test, turmoil, and I, I could use some agreement. I could use a touch. I could use the Lord's help. Get, get up here real quick. You're in a, listen, I have a word for you. You're in a turning point is why you're in this test. You're in a transition. There's a new anointing coming your way. Reason you haven't gotten there yet is because you're not anointed to live there yet. Once you're anointed to live there, you'll go there. But you have to go through wilderness sometimes before you get to the promise. Sometimes you face the exact opposite of what God promised until you finally get there. Does that make sense? We're going to the promised land. We're leaving Egypt 40 years later. I'm not saying you got to wait 40 years. <laughs> Is there anyone else here also? If the Lord, if the rapture happened this afternoon, it, it's not about how you lived a few years ago. It's about what, how you're living now. Are your, Is everything under the blood do you have confidence to stand before the Lord right now? And he would say, enter the joy of the Lord, thou good and faithful servant. If, if there's something you need to get under the blood, or maybe you're not a Christian, or maybe you have fallen back, if that's you, or you have some other need, another trial you're going through, get up here real quick, real quick, come on. And, and God's going to help you through this. A time of recommitment or just giving your life to the Lord. <sighs> Lord. Oh, he's here in all his glory. He's here in all his strength. Sing that a minute, will you? Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Have it all, Lord. <sighs> Transition time. You're willing to make the transition, willing to make the pivot. Father, show him the meaning of the trial and get him through this right now. Oh, now, now in Jesus' name. Ooh. There it goes. Pivot. Make the change. Value the trial.
<laughs> it's just taking you to higher ground. Always harder to climb than to come down. No. There. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> come here, darling. <sighs> you are not alone. And I have a place for you. And I have good people coming into your life. In Jesus' name. There it is. In Jesus' name. Woo. Praise you. Would you come for communion as well? Come on, come on. Jesus, now.